Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NFL. First and goal from the five. Panthers going left to right. Here's McCaffrey. No, it's a fake. Darnold keeps it and will score. Carolina leads six to nothing on the slick ball handling by QB 14. Three tight ends, one fullback in the personnel grouping. Darnold ready for the snap. Quarterback sneak being pushed from behind. No signal yet. Touchdown. Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers are three and zero after beating the Houston Texans. 24-9, Sam Darnold throws for 304 yards. He runs for two scores. PK, you leave the Jets, you suddenly look a lot better. Sam Darnold is supposed to be all that. It's early and the Texans aren't great, but can't complain with a 3-0 start. The Saints would be their big win. The other two, you really ought to get. They're bad opponents. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, we obviously, obviously we watched Sam Darnold play. He made his first start in Rice-Eccles Stadium in college on a rainy Friday night. I think it was in September, end of September, if I remember correctly. And I thought it was really good. I'm not a quarterback savant by any stretch. You know, and the Jets are a mess for sure. And maybe we'll look back in three or four years and think, wow, they really gave up on him too soon. And that just adds an extra burden for Zach Wilson to be able to achieve. He's not only got to compete against himself to be good, compete while the Jets to be good, everybody in the AFC East and the NFL – but in New York, certainly they're going to be watching to see what Sam Darnold did, does because obviously it was the trade was, in a sense, they traded him to the Carolina Panthers, but it was a trade of Sam Darnold for Zach Wilson. Yeah, I wonder if they gave up on him too early or if now he just has a good coaching staff and better teammates, and that's the difference. Well, you know, it's his third year, too. Yeah, some it could, and it could be that. Yeah, it could be that. Christian McCaffrey hurt his hamstring. He had to leave the game. Their first-round pick, corner J.C. Horn out of South Carolina, eighth pick in the draft. High hopes for him. He broke his foot. So you got to figure he's out until at least midseason with a broken foot. So a, uh, a price to be paid for the Panthers. But they are off to a 3-0 start. Only seven teams made it to 2-0, and they are the first to 3-0. Game of the weekend, well, Bucks and Rams are both 2-0. That's the afternoon game in Fox's doubleheader. So we'll uh, see the unbeatens drop to 6. We'll see a second team get to 3-0. We'll see what happens with some of these other teams. But that looks like an awfully good game in the Fox doubleheader there, Bucks and Rams. So you're eliminating the possibility of a tie, huh? I am going to rule that out, yes. Okay. Sunday night football. Packers and Niners. Green Bay blown out in that first game by the Saints. It did subsequently lose to the Panthers. Then they dominated the Lions in the second half, but you're supposed to dominate the Lions at home. So see what the Packers do with the Niners. The Niners are off to a 2-0 start. So one of the teams we can check on to see if they get to 3-0. Tom Brady's personal trainer, Alex Guerrero, said Patriots coach Bill Belichick never evolved in how he treated the star quarterback factor that contributed to Brady's exit in 2020. Said he was treating Tom in his late 30s or 40s like he was still in his 20s. It's a soap opera, PK. We're going to dump on Belichick here. Yes. Sounds like a soap opera to me. 
How about we just look at that combination and say, wow, that was wildly successful, and just leave it at that. Ran its course. It happens. Yeah, there'll be a time I'm done with you, but that, we're not there yet. Thank goodness. Dolphins <laughs> and Raiders. Raiders are 2-0. Jets and Broncos. Broncos are 2-0. Jets and Broncos, the afternoon game on CBS. They only get one game. And that's a game you'll see on CBS. It'll be a chance, one more chance to see Zach Wilson and see if the Jets can get something going. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah State. The Aggies improbably 3-0, but 3-0 and brimming with confidence after all these come-from-behind wins. And here comes Boise State. 10 a.m., Scotty G. Got to finish uh, breakfast at Angie's in Logan early because he's on the call at 9 a.m. with the pregame show here on The Zone. CBS TV, Channel 2 has the TV, and Scotty will have the call here on The Zone at 10 o'clock. Huge, huge game for the Aggies. And it's a great start, and it's a great start whether they win or lose this game. But, man, if they win this game, it is on, PK. 4-0, 2-0 in league, beating the perennial big dog in this division. It'd be huge. Yeah, would they change that deal deal up there? It's Maverick Stadium now? Yep, it's Maverick Stadium. That thing better be rocking for sure, man. This is a huge game. The weather should be good. Uh, No excuses. Not late at night now. It's the other side of the coin. But uh, to me... So what? I mean, I know some kids, they got some kids' games and all, and obviously your kids come first in that situation, but there should be plenty of folks who are not involved in that situation right now, and that thing should be just an incredible environment, a real opportunity to sell what Blake Anderson has accomplished, accomplishing so far on a much broader scale than they've done. Now the football team's got to go ahead and do it, and really interested to see and I don't want to say wow this is the test we find out how good this team is I think that's too strong to say right there I don't think we can say that I think they've been proving it all along that they're a good team certainly better than we expected so I'm not going to put all my eggs in that proverbial basket of saying well this will show us for sure Uh, I think that's unfair I think you have to look at your body of work you know, it's like the same thing with the Cougars. Well, they beat the Utes. They're really good. Okay, at that time they were, but this is a progression. Nevertheless, I agree with you 100%. This is a gigantic game. I'm way excited for it. Scott, Scotty G tweeting out yesterday, cool story coming out of Logan. Anonymous donors purchased a high majority of the available remaining tickets to the USU-BSU game. Those tickets will be given to local elementary schools to allow kids and their families to attend Saturday's game. So... You wanted a rockin' stadium, PK. That anonymous donor just went a long way And, and I that. don't want any credit for it, so let's just Attic. keep it anonymous. <laughs> nice. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah. Just play with swagger. I think this is a team that has athletes from top to bottom, running back room, receiver room, tight end room, O-line room. We got everything that we need on this team right now and just making sure that we go out there and play with swagger from the get-go. That is Cam Rising utilizing your favorite word. You've teamed up with him, PK. It's a team effort. You've inspired him. <laughs> Actually, you, he inspired me. You should run out onto the field, either in front of him or side-by-side side with him when the game starts. No, I'll be like that. Who was that drum major a couple weeks ago? Came rolling. Oh, out Ohio tunnel. State, yeah. Oh, just did a bit of... Took a header, caught, caught an edge. <laughs> I caught a skate. I got I to gotta give it. That was pretty embarrassing in front of the stadium and all that. But that kid hit, drop and roll, pop up, 
The show must go on. Well, yeah. When you're younger. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want Dr. Petron oh, having to... Uh, uh, oh, my uh, shoulder. Yeah, I don't want Dr. Petron having to uh, attend to me there before the game. <laughs> Doc, pop it back in. I can go. <laughs> the big old drop and roll for that drum major. And, and the season is early enough, and this quarterback change... Whether it's a false hope or not remains to be seen, but I believe it's really breathed a new, a new start, new beginning into the team. You know, it comes at this time when they're done with the non-con, and now it's the conference season, and so we'll see if he can do it. Now, the opponent isn't that good, obviously, so he should be able to do it, and, and I think he will, and... One victory, man, because of where it is right now, under the circumstances with a new quarterback, it really changes the complexion of the team. Not necessarily the season, because that remains to be seen. But I'm talking about the team and what the team needs specifically to itself. And I think Rising, particularly if he looks good, will have that opportunity to really change the mood and everything around the football facility right now. It's too strong to say there's a dark cloud because it's too early. Uh, I don't think it's too too strong. uh, It's a dark cloud. It hasn't dropped a ton of rain and flooded the building. (laughs) But there's a dark cloud. It may blow away with no long-lasting damage. Believe me, I know all about Hurricane Ida. And... (laughs) It's, it, it's not that yet, whereas if they win, man, this is going to be sunny skies. I think the thing that's a verifiable fact amidst all of this speculation, and that's really all we can do is speculate, but the thing that's a verifiable fact, I do think he'll pump up the team. They voted him captain. Basically, coaches, you start whoever you start because you're the coaches, and they decide to start the other guy, but the players picked him. And yeah. Morgan Scally said a long time ago, you don't know what goes on in the building at 530. You're right. Players do, and they voted Cam a captain for a reason. Whatever his quarterback skills, his leadership skills are there. He's been in the program three years. They knew who they were voting for, and they voted for him. And that counts for something. Now, it may not count for enough against the USC's and Oregon's of the world, but I'm expecting it to count for enough against one and two Washington State. Your pregame show will begin at 10.30. The game will kick off 12.30 on the Pac-12 network. So with the Aggies at 10, and then the Utes will kick off pretty much as the Aggies go to the fourth quarter. Uh, You'll have local college football all the way to 4 p.m. DJ and PK. Hashtag BYU. Jaron Hall mentioned in the press conference at the end of last week that he would be practicing this week. Has Has he been practicing this week? Lonnie is the only one that'll talk about injuries, but um, yeah, he's out there. <laughs> Aaron Roderick. You expecting to see Jaron Hall when uh, 3-0 BYU plays the University of South Florida? USF is 1-2. and two. Are you asking me specifically? I am asking you specifically. Yeah, he'll be out there. Playing or out there? Ah, I see what I did. <laughs> yeah, I know. You saw exactly <laughs> what you did. <laughs> I divined perfectly what you did. <laughs> Well, they I have a good enough reporting. quarterback. They have a good enough quarterback, backup quarterback, yeah. and they have a yeah. good enough team. And they're at home against what looks like a lesser team. They're not just one and two, but they were blown out by NC State in Florida. I'm not reporting, but I believe Baylor's going to play. But this is not me reporting because I don't want to get into their injuries. You ask me a question, I'll give you an answer. I'm not reporting. I don't know. 
uh, because I want to respect what they want as far as injuries, and that's what they want, and I think we should respect that. And so in this situation, plus, as you just say, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Nope. I think it's a talk to me next week. You know, that's another story. But I think Romney can go in there, you know, as long as they have uh, Line and Algier and everything else in the offense. And I don't think anybody else is banged up. The other Romney has been dealing with stuff, but he's managed to get himself out there, which is really good because he's had an injury history, too, that I think has prevented him from really being able to flourish at BYU. So, so far, he's been able to play through it, and that's good for him and the team. Uh, but I think Baylor Romney is very much capable. But I'm going to respect them. I'm not reporting who's going to start the quarterback, but I think Romney's going to play. There's been enough smoke around it. I, I expect it's yeah. Romney, uh, yeah. but I just don't think it matters. Whichever guy starts, I'll pick BYU to win that game. They are a 23-point favorite, and they ought to, they ought to get it done. 8-15 on ESPN2. Cougar pregame show, 6 p.m. JCW's in Provo. You going to be there getting a burger there, uh, Yach? Yes, sir. Nice. Stop by wrapped. and say hi to Yach. Say hi to Hans Olsen. 6 o'clock, JCW's in Provo. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. I wish the media would stop upsetting Coach Saban by saying that this is a weak team or got weaknesses. And I mean, let's, they went on the road into a top 10 team into the swamp and won with a freshman quarterback, got an early lead and hung on at the end. And now all of a sudden, you know, it's not a good team and they got weaknesses and can't stop people. So that don't really help us a lot being around there, um, knowing how that place works. So Lane Kiven thinks the media is too critical of Alabama, and Nick Saban thinks the media is rat poison praising Alabama. Man, I don't know why the media sucks, but clearly it does, PK. Ah, it's just a bunch of nonsense. Funny thing is, Lane's team isn't even playing Alabama this week. That's next week. Alabama's got one of those gimme games. They are 45-point favorites over Southern Mississippi this week. Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud will be the emergency backup for Ohio State tomorrow when the Buckeyes take on Akron. He rests a shoulder injury. Jack Miller and Kyle McCord will split time as Ohio State beats up on Akron. Jackson Dart out of Roy in Corner Canyon. USC freshman underwent surgery to repair a meniscus injury suffered in the Trojans' win over Washington State last week. He's out indefinitely, according to reports. So Slovis will get the start for USC against Oregon State. That ends that quarterback debate. They just run the guy out there who's healthy, PK. Uh, well, I'll see about that other kid, though. The other kid was a five-star, four-star, ten-star. So uh, Slovis needs to play well. That's the most important thing for him and the team right now. But sucks for Dart, but obviously he'll have his day. 12th-ranked Notre Dame, 18th-ranked Wisconsin, 10 a.m. on Big Fox. Two ranked teams going at each other. Texas A&M and Arkansas, that's number 7 versus number 16, is on CBS at 1.30 after the Utah State game. Other games to keep an eye on, Iowa State-Baylor, future Big 12 battle right there, PK, and BYU plays Baylor later this year. That's 1.30 on Fox. Okay. Who do you like, UCLA or Stanford? 4 o'clock on the Pac-12 networks after the Ute game. Well, I've been uh, partial Stanford, so I'm not sure who's going to win that game. But just as a fan perspective, I'd pick Stanford. I like Shaw. UC Davis is at Weber State on KJAZ at 6 o'clock. Eastern Washington's at SUU, 6 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. That's your local FCS action. DJ and PK.
Hashtag NBA. Lakers GM Rob Palenka telling reporters he expects the entire Laker roster will be fully vaccinated against COVID when they open the season against the Warriors. Chicago Bulls star Zach Levine said he was pleased by the aggressive offseason the franchise had, and he knows this season is critical for the team and himself as he enters the final year of his contract. At the end of the day, it's a business. He did what was best for the team, and I'll continue to go out there and do what's best for the team as well. This season going forward is going to be extremely critical, not just for me, but for everybody. Winning would take care of everything. Decade of agony for Bulls fans there, PK. Maybe this will be the year. I expect them to be far more competitive, yes. I agree with Zach. NBA officials will be on the lookout to eliminate instances of players going out of the way to warp the way the game is refereed. NBA Senior Vice President Monty McCutcheon, Head of Referee Development and Training. We want basketball to be played, not manipulated. Kicking out the legs, flailing the arms, looking for free throws. Going sideways into guys. Yes. Nobody is thinking I'm going to buy a ticket tonight. I'm going to see some really good free throws. Said nobody ever. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. A swing, and there's a drive. Deep left center field. See you later. That's a home run. Home runs and back-to-back at-bats for Goldschmidt. The Cardinals lead by three. Here's the pitch from Leon. Victor swings, ground ball up the middle. Diving stop, Listella coming home. No chance. Profar scores, and the Padres win it. Victor Caratini with a walk-off infield single in the bottom of the 10th inning. They win this game 7-6. Padres beat the Giants 7-6, a rare loss for the Giants as the Padres avoid the sweep. The Dodgers get a homer from Max Muncy in the 10th, so the Dodgers are now one game behind the Giants. They both clinched playoff berths. Giants still trying to get to 100 wins. They're stuck on 99. The Dodgers are at 98. Both are going to have awesome totals, and somebody's going to be in the wild card. Playing the Cardinals, apparently, because they won again. That is 12 in a row. Their longest win streak since their 1982 World Series team. They were down 5-1 to the Brewers and rallied to win 8-5 as Goldie goes deep twice. Well, it turns out Ted Simmons is walking through that door. You know, <laughs> Hall, Hall of Fame there. And I disagree with that Padre call. I don't think that was a walk-off single. I think that was a walk-off fielder's choice. Ah, the old walk-off FC. White Sox have also clinched a playoff berth. The White Sox and Rays are in in the American League as the, uh, the other berths they continue to battle for. Bees beat Sacramento 8-5. Same two teams tonight. 6.35. Get your tickets at slbs.com. Steve Clocky has a call in the zone beginning at 6.20. Hashtag RSL. RSL's hot. Winners are back-to-back games. Three out of four. Portland's even hotter. Four out of five, 13 points out of 15. They're unbeaten in their last five. Separated by one game in the playoff race. They play in Portland Saturday night at 8.30. If RSL wins, they vault into fifth, maybe fourth, depending on what the Galaxy do. So, big game for RSL. Three games in eight days getting underway with the game in Portland. Well, they win this. I think they've got to just cement Pablo as the permanent coach. And I I am not going to rest until that happens. All right. Everybody meet at Jack in the Box. We're going to work on Pablo's new deal. guy from Thunderbird. <laughs> I did mention I've never Jack met him, but I love him. I did mention Jack in the Box to him uh, as he was going up the tunnel. Time to go to Jack in the Box, Coach. 
He's turned, got the side eye look and the little sly grin on the side. Yeah, he's got good you memories. Good memories of that Jack in the Box. You can do that when they win. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Five to one. No Jack in the Box references. No, 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 no. Nope, no. nope, nope. But they haven't had that, so I've been able to reference Jack in the Box. DJ and PK. I never said it was negative. Y'all spun that that way. I never said it was negative. I said it was different. Like I said, I've never played any of these team events. I didn't play Walker Cup, didn't play Junior Ryder Cup, never played anything. So I said it's different, and that doesn't mean it's bad. Y'all spun it that way. Brooks Kepka going all Aaron Rodgers and Lane Kiffin on the media. Y'all spun that. Okay, the problem with that, he can dump on the media, and everybody loves to do that. Nick Saban, did y'all play sports? No, Coach, we, we didn't even play t-ball. Uh, but Azinger went after him on that. So instead of the slobs, how about addressing one of your own? Because when he came out and said that, if you recall, Azinger said, well, maybe I'm paraphrasing, but maybe he shouldn't play if that's the way he feels. So how about you address what Paul said rather than some no, dong who writes I'm going to rip on a golf rider who's probably yeah. got a 14 <laughs> handicap and probably yeah, cheats yeah. too. 14 is not bad, though. <laughs> A 24 handicap. I was going to say, okay, now, 20 now plus, probably yeah, okay. good. Yeah, now we're getting up there. <laughs> Brooks Kepka, by the way, paired with uh, Berger, beating Westwood and Fitzpatrick out of the gate at the Ryder Cup. They are two up through three two holes. Up. Yeah. Patrick Cantley and Xander Shoffley are one up on Poulter and McElroy. Oh, the Johnson Morikawa are one, one down against Casey and Hoblin. The pride of West High, Tony Finau, not playing here as the Ryder Cup gets underway. The pride of Utah. <laughs> and Arizona. Everybody's going to claim No. Utah. No, Arizona no, I, doesn't I, I, care. I, I, no, because they got a lot of people who live there. Yeah, no. I, I think it's more, and we only have uh, right now just one, right? Because Summer Hayes isn't playing on the tour. Summer Hayes is on the Corn Ferry Tour, same with right. Fishburne from BYU. Right. So we only have one guy regularly on the PGA Tour right now, and obviously Mike Weir's on the seniors or champions, as they call them. All right, Ryder Cup, three days of golf starting today. The U.S. is up in two, down in one, and all square in the fourth right now as they get underway. What is trending? Man, there's a lot of stuff trending on a Friday morning. It's a football Friday. What is trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. David Locke, radio voice of the Jazz, coming up next. Jazz Media Day is Monday. Training camp kicks off in Vegas Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. David Locke next. Chris Torello, sports reporter for Bay 9 News and Spectrum Sports 360 in Tampa, Florida. He covers USF. He'll be here at 805. DJ. JMPK, it's 97.5, 1280 The Zone. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Jaron Hall got the wind knocked out of him, according to him, but there's probably a little tough guy talking there. So what do they do with him for this weekend in a game in which the Magic Vegas predicting wizard has him winning by 65? 23. What do you do with Jaron Hall? If he's got injured ribs, then you don't play him because he probably can't perform up to snuff anyway. The mighty Bulls of South Florida, their defense is barely existent. Maybe that's an arrogant attitude to take, but it's something you have to take into consideration when planning out the future of your schedule. If you think you have the opportunity to make a little bit of a run here, 
here. You got to think about that stuff. You can be conservative. I do believe that because you should beat this team no matter what. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it is time to welcome in David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Media Day Monday, camp gets going in Vegas Tuesday. David Locke's weekly interview is brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. And David joins us now on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner, Smart Rain is having an end-of-season sale on the irrigation smart controller. Save 50% off each smart controller purchased. Offer available to all commercial property zone listeners. Visit smartrain.net to schedule a demo today. David Locke, good morning. Are you packing for Vegas? Nope. Nope. No training camp for you, any, huh? I don't think anyone's going. I don't think there's any media going. It's a chance for the team to get away and bond. Right. Exactly. 100%. Can you guys get another good week of sports talk? I got to tell you. Hope your ratings are good. You should have been given like, a lot of good stuff on a platter this month. Uh, I've been told that as much as we check the ratings, we have to check the streaming numbers. People's habits have how changed. The, how are the streaming numbers? Uh, Scotty told me Wednesday they were awesome. <laughs> so, oh, they should be. Yeah, I, teams, actually, I mean, it's really teams are winning. Well, I'm actually a pretty good example because I got a lot of stuff going on. But there have been a lot of things recently where I've like flipped on and taken, you know, gone to twelve eighty thezone dot com, or and you know started to listen to a listen to a show, or listen to an opener show to hear what you guys think because there's just been so many interesting topics. Is there any particular reason they chose Vegas? Because uh, beyond, I mean, it's an attractive city, but I was wondering if there's any marketing reason because they could have chosen any number of places. Um, well, I think there's like three teams in San Diego, so that's probably eliminated that. No. Um, I think the Nets and like the Clippers and somebody else are all in San Diego. Um, I think, uh, I don't know if it, I don't know if it has anything. I, I don't. Um, uh, I know that They've gotten great support. Um, I saw a picture of the court set up there. It's, like, super cool. Um, they've done a really great job. So, you know, they, they probably had some support mechanism, but I don't, you know, did Donovan want to go to Vegas? Like, you know, the Lakers went to Hawaii because Magic wanted to go to Hawaii. So, um, you know, probably something there. Brian Smith, you know, is from Vegas. Could be something there. Though I just don't have a feeling that it's, like, a big PR thing in the way – it has been in some years past. I think it's simply get exactly what David said a moment ago is let's see if we can get these guys away. Let's address what happened in, you know, LA in game six and let's, you know, rebond together and be the team that was the number one seed and had a real chance to win it last year and see if we can get that kind of chemistry and magic back between us. I read that Houston went to the Bahamas and now you tell me three teams are going to San Diego. It sounds like if you want to be the stick in the mud team, you better give your guys a trip somewhere. Right. Even, even I mean, if the guys with families don't really want it because they want to be home with their kids, <laughs> most players do want it. They probably do want it. The ones with the kids might want it too. That's um, a good point. Okay. Um, you know, if you really look at the schedule, there's three training camps. So there's this four-day thing to start, and then they go and play two games, and then they're home for four days, and then they play two games, and then they're home for five or six before they play a home game to start the season. So, you know, if you're Quinn and you're looking at that, like, okay, well, the – Let's let's look at part one, and you don't have any roster moves, right? There's like, I guess the one roster battle is like whether Jared Butler or Trent Forrest plays when Mike Conley doesn't. That's about it, right? 
Right. Did you Thank need you. that? Did you, did you need I that? Did. I did. I thought you needed just... that. It was not like using right as a period. It was a question. I was making sure I hadn't forgotten anything. Um, so, you know, if I'm Quinn and I'm looking at this, I'm probably taking the first three days to do exactly what they're doing. Let's get away. Let's get together. Let's remind everyone that we like each other. Let's deal with some demons that are left over from playoffs past and let's move on. Then I'm probably using, you know, the second one, we've played two games and see some things and there's some, you know, I've talked to coaches and there's some belief on how teams are going to play them this year and what they're going to have to do to adjust. And, and so there's that. And then there's the real get ready for the season stretch, which is probably a little bit, you know, conditioning and using the four games as conditioning and then probably amping up the conditioning in the last little bit. So you're ready for the season. So uh, that's kind of my take on how I would probably go through these three games. I'm sure they're doing something a little different, but there's three really mini training camps for them to have right now. I don't want to call them issues, but maybe things as to follow up on what you were saying, maybe involving the center spot. Uh, are we sure that Whiteside is in over Azubuke? And also, how much do you think they would try Rudy Gay at the five? Those are a couple things that came to my mind. So, yeah, I think um, I think you're, those are great. And so, um, you know, in those 14 minutes a night in which Rudy isn't playing, you know, how are we going to play? I think the first is, you know, can Whiteside engage and have a good experience? And, you know, I saw him the other day. He's just really huge, right? Like, I saw Rudy Gay and I saw Whiteside both recently. Rudy Gay, to me, looks like Derek Favors. Like, I'm not sure they size-wise are that different. I saw Whiteside, oh, my goodness gracious. Like, there's a huge difference between the size of Hassan Whiteside and the size of Derek Favors. So I think there's a chance that he could really be a valuable piece of this if they can get the Portland Hassan Whiteside for 14 minutes. Now, you know, he's got little things. He's got, But I also would say Hassan Whiteside's been a league a long time. He's really good. But also watching the greatest defensive player in the world every day, can't hurt him. You know, his one weakness is, that, he, and I think he's dealt with it as early in his career as a jumping jack, but every single time someone pump faked, he went for it. And you know, he would, I think he blocked like four shots a year, game one year to lead the league. He probably allowed 13 layups for that, too. So, you know, there's, but Rudy, think about Rudy, like Rudy almost never jumps, right? Like you never see Rudy have that happen to him. Well, does that, does Hassan pick that up? So I think Hassan could be really valuable. I think the Rudy Gay at the five is something we can see over time, and it'll be interesting for them to do it. Um, it, there's some assumptions to it, like, you know, J- Joe's now sliding to the four some of the time, which might be fine, might be a good spot for Joe to play. Um, you know, that would, I guess, be a training camp story. Like, if Jared Butler's really can play, can you then slide Joe off the ball a little bit more and let him play stretch four and do some things that are probably better for him at this age in his career, even though he likes to have the ball in his hands? Um, and he's really good at it. Um, so those, I guess, little subtle things, but I think those are all going to materialize 25, 30 games into the season as much as anything else. Um, but I, yeah, I hear you on those. Um, I do also think we've overplayed those conversations a tiny bit because we don't have anything else to talk about because it's really talking about 14 minutes a night and the chances of us closing a game without Rudy Gobert on the floor, I hope are zero. So what we should be talking about then is what has Donovan added to his game? How is 100%. he going to become even better? Because I'm, I'm looking at some of these preseason rankings and I get that it's a, <clears throat> 
it's subjective. It's somebody's opinion. It's based more on what people have seen in the past and what they expect this season. So there's all that stuff. But when I don't see a Jazz player ranked in the top 15, I think, uh-oh, how far are you going in the playoffs if you don't have more right. than the top 15 players in the NBA? Yeah, I mean, I think that I had the same reaction. I, I was a little surprised, and I, I try really hard not to be a homer, um, and obviously we watch these guys every day. I, I was a little surprised by both SIs and ESPN's rank. I, I, like, to call it disrespectful, I think is too strong, but, like, they certainly didn't get the benefit of the doubt. Is that fair? Like, Rudy in the 20s, come on now. He's, like, the greatest defensive player in the game. His team was the number one defensive team in the league when he was on the floor, and when he was off the floor, we were in the 23rd percentile. Like, there's not a player in the league that has a bigger impact on a game on one side of the floor than what Rudy has right now defensively. To rank him in the 20s, holy crap. Like, it just – and we have the best record in the league. I get it that in a playoff series, the Clippers figured out how to negate his value by taking advantage of the fact that none of our guys at the time could guard. But to drop him on, like, I think he was in the mid-20s, right? Like, wow. Like, to me, that's just really short-sighted and – I mean, I guess the only thing we're going to care about is like what happens in the playoffs. But I'm not, I will rewatch that second half. That's not on Rudy. Like certainly, the entire strategy by the Clippers was to negate Rudy and eliminate him from the play as much as possible. Which is exactly why he's not 25th in the league. He's clearly like top 15, top 10. If a team's entire game plan was to eliminate Rudy both offensively and defensively, the problem was we didn't have the personnel to cover it. Not that Rudy was a problem. It was that we didn't have the problem to cover it. I mean, it's a little bit like triple-teaming step three and not allowing him to get a shot off, and then when everyone else on the team misses shots, blaming step three. It's 100% exactly what people are doing to Rudy. It's a joke. With guys like Conley and Joe getting up there, do you think there's going to be a concerted effort to manage minutes? I do on Mike. I, I think we'll see. I can't imagine we're going to – they tried really hard last year and did the, you know, very rarely played a back end of a back-to-back and, and um, in a, you know, all this, and then the hamstring still became a problem. So I, I can't really imagine that we're going to say, well, the answer is to play you more. But maybe, right? Like, I mean, frankly, there's been – I've had a conversation with a – with a someone who thinks that actually, you know, one of the problems in the league is that they actually get these like larger spans off that you're better off having players play every other day all the time. And if they do that, they'll actually stay healthier because they're staying at peak performance. Um, you know, the fact is that um, I, I would say that you would, ex- I would expect that Mike doesn't play back to backs. The thing that's really interesting, our schedule, I don't know if you guys have talked about this, if you actually look at our back-to-backs, our back-in-the-back-to-backs are like almost universally on the road against the best in the league. Like I think we do a back-end in Brooklyn. We do a back-end in Philadelphia. We do a back-end in Milwaukee. We do a back-end in L.A. for against the Lakers. We do a back-end in Denver. Like Nate, and, it's, and they're all on the road. Like Their games are just very limited chance to win anyway. So my feeling is like let's play Mike on the front end of all of those, win that one, and then if we don't get the next one, who cares? I know they're fun for the fans, but in the realm of the schedule, winning in Houston and winning in Oklahoma City and winning against, like, you know, San Antonio is actually more important than, like, winning in Denver. I know winning in Denver, like, validates you and makes you feel good, but it's actually not a game that you're probably yeah, have better than a 20% chance to win. Wouldn't you have a much better chance to win those first games without Conley and have them available in the second game? 
Yeah, I would, but I would never want to decrease the chance of winning the, that those games. Those are those are the ones. If you lose them, you can't get them back in the standings. So when you see the Jazz, fifty-five wins is the Vegas number. Do you think that's right? Is fifty-five that what you're thinking? I thought it was a fifty-three point five. Is it up high as fifty-five? Uh, I thought it's. Oh, ESPN said fifty-five. Well, what's the number? Let's go with that. Who cares what everyone else is saying? What's your number? Well, I mean, okay, so I'm going to go with the first base point. Let's go to exactly why ranking Rudy 25th is a joke. So in any year in which Rudy's played, the Jazz are 51 to 52 wins. Like, just by, like, change every other piece of that puzzle. Gordon Hayward, Donovan Mitchell, like, every other piece of the puzzle. Boyan Bogdanovich or Jay Crowder. Like, it doesn't matter. If Rudy plays, we win 52 to 53 games automatically. So... I think, you know, I'd have to go over unless you're betting that Rudy's going to get hurt. If the Vegas line's, I think, 52.5, like I'm going over because I know we're going to be at 52 if Rudy plays. Like, that's by definition, he's that great that we automatically win that many amount of games. Um, and so, do I think that there's enough other talent around there to push it above that? Sure, absolutely. Um, but the minute you're in the top five, in one of the two categories, offense or defense, you general, you almost automatically win 50 games. So, you know, that's that's where Rudy puts us, and now can, what else can we do? And this team's deep enough and good enough to do it. I mean, hey, the fact that we're, like, talking about this team and there's not much discussion on any of our top nine games, that nine, nine guys in the rotation, that's when you're great. We're going to let you go with this. Zach says, please tell David we blame Rudy because he cannot take advantage of a five-foot-nothing guy on the offensive end of the court guarding him. Save that topic. We'll discuss that next Friday. I've now done what Zach did. I've told you. Hi, Zach. (laughs) Okay. David Locke, his weekly visit every Friday morning. Jazz Camp opens Tuesday, Media Day, Monday. David, we'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Chris Torello, sports reporter for Bay News 9, covers USF. We'll be talking BYU and USF in 15 minutes. Stay with us. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. The Utes open up Pac-12 play as they welcome in Washington State for an early start. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Ute pregame show Saturday at 1030 with the postgame show immediately following the game on the Zone Sports Network. Ah! From Monday morning to the postgame press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Ute football. You ready? Yeah! Ah! Than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. This week's Raiders game against the Dolphins is brought to you by America First Credit Union, the exclusive home of the official Raiders debit card. All of the same great features and benefits now with silver and black. Learn more at AmericaFirst.com slash Raiders. We got tickets to give away this morning. We'll be giving away BYU tickets at 8.30, Utah tickets at 9.30, BYU and Utah tickets at 12.30 and 1.30 with Scotty and Hands. And coming up at 4.30 and 5.30 on The Big Show. So be prepared for that. All right, PK. It's a football Friday. We just took a moment to talk basketball with David Locke. And Chris Terrell is going to join us to talk BYU and USF next. But for the people getting to work at 8 o'clock, you got one nugget, one football nugget, one thing you think, one thing you look forward to. Regarding our teams? 
Anything well, about football this it, weekend. To, yes, anything. To me, the most intriguing game is Utah State-Boise State because I'm expecting both the Utes and Cougars to win and win handily. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but as far as any mystery in an outcome, I'm going to the game in Logan versus the game in Salt Lake and in Provo because I think it's important for both these teams, with or without Jaron Hall, and I do expect Baylor Baylor Romney to play. I said it yesterday. I've been saying it all week, uh, but that doesn't matter to me. I still expect them to be able to play because they've told us that you know the competition was close and all that stuff, as Kyle did. The difference being Jaron Hall's three and zero. And uh, Brewer went one and two, so neck and neck doesn't necessarily mean Rising is going to star because Brewer didn't. Although I'm expecting him to be better, but that's the way I view the locals here, and that's what most of the people tune in for. You can get national stuff from national people. We're 99% local, and that's important for us. That's what we do. So locally speaking, I expect the game north of where we are right now to be more of a mystery because I would be disappointed actually if the Cougars and Utes came down to the fourth quarter and five minutes to go and it's a one possession game and we don't know who's going to win. Yeah, I would be more disappointed in the Cougars and the Utes because Kyle's teams tend to play low scoring games so it's hard to make it a blowout. But the Cougars, I'm, I'm definitely expecting a comfortable win. Not, I don't expect the adrenaline to be pumping and uh, people to uh, be on the edge of their seats at 11.30 at night. That would be very surprising. They should roll here. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 12.80 The Zone. Coming up next, Chris Torello, sports reporter for Bay News 9 and Spectrum Sports 360 in Tampa, Florida, will join us to talk USF Bulls. Stay with us.